What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, February 19th. Oh, baby. We have a player on the move. Carson Wentz, the deal got done. It's not the deal Philly was likely looking for, but there is a lot to unpack here. So, hey, not the longest show we've ever recorded, but uh, we're going to unpack every angle of this Carson Wentz trade for you here on the podcast today. Before I get to that, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different. They are. They're different than the other daily fantasy sites. It's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyNightFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50 with the name like MonkeyNightFight.com, if I could say it. You can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up to play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So let's get into this bad boy right here. Of course, as I mentioned, the Philadelphia Eagles finally got the deal done. I did think the writing was on the wall for this even after they hired Sirianni. There were some folks out there who thought this was a hire that the Eagles were making to salvage Carson Wentz. That just didn't seem to make sense because the one guy who gave Carson Wentz the longest shot was fired, Doug Peterson, right? And waited all the way until the final month of the season to pull the plug on that. And I'll I'll get to that in a minute, by the way. But the trade ends up being a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could escalate to a first-rounder if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps this upcoming season or 70% and they make the playoffs. I think there's a strong likelihood that escalation does kick in. I don't think this is a situation where they trade for Wentz and then they also bring in competition for him. I do think Jacoby Brissett is on his way out. I I don't think they end up re-signing him. But I I think they get another backup type in there. Wouldn't it be funny if they got Nick Foles in there? But... (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. Regardless, I I think they get another backup type in there. It's Wentz's job from this point forward. So there's a strong chance he is at least at that 75% threshold. If not, they make the playoffs too. And I think that's what you're looking at if you're the Colts. If you're the Colts, you look at it as, okay, you get rid of a third rounder this year. Teams don't love getting rid of those types of picks, but you get rid of it. It's a day two pick. All right, fine. You're probably also getting rid of a first rounder next year, but... If you are, in fact, as you view yourself, a playoff team, you could view this kind of like the Rams. I don't think the Rams are worried about getting rid of first-round picks because I don't think the Rams intend on picking in the top 10 anytime soon. Granted, you can't always prevent that, but I don't see it happening. That's why the Rams did what they did. I think that's why the Colts are doing what they're doing here probably this is a pick that's like 20 to 30. I mean, in ultimate world, this is a pick that is 32. Oh, man, would that not tilt all Philadelphia if the Colts won the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz this year? 
Uh, but regardless, you know, in an ultimate world, that's what it is. It probably isn't. It's probably picked 20 to 30. And it's not as coveted as those top 10 or especially those top five picks. So for the Colts, that move makes sense. The Eagles are taking on almost $34 million in dead money cap penalties. That is the largest in the history of the NFL in a year where the salary cap will contract maybe for the only time in our lifetime, hopefully. Yikes. That's how badly Philly wanted out. They took lower than what they were asking for. You could be certain. We don't know what the asking price ultimately was, but it could guarantee that it wasn't just a conditional second-round pick like it was the actual first-round pick. And it got me to thinking, how did we get here with Carson Wentz? And I wanted to sort of retrace the steps of the picks that they, they ended up giving up. And it was in 2016, it was April 2016, when they made the power move to get Wentz. They traded their 2016 first-round, third-round, fourth-round picks along with a 2017 first-round pick and a 2018 second-round pick to the Browns for the second overall pick. So, yeah, that was a lot. And the Browns, I don't think they ended up keeping any of those picks, believe it or not. The Browns were moving those picks all over the place. But they, I, I went and researched like who the picks ended up being. So that first round pick in 2016, it ended up being an eighth overall pick. Tennessee made that pick. They took Jack Conklin. So like not a Pro Bowl player, but a you know at times a solid offensive lineman. Uh, then the third round pick goes to Carolina. They take Daryl Worley. Carolina was trying to remake their secondary at that point and never quite hit. Daryl Worley never quite hit. Uh, fourth rounder was Connor Cook, backup quarterback who ended up being selected by the Raiders. The, but here's where things get fascinating. Okay, so the Eagles leverage their future, mortgage their future for Carson Wentz with a lot of picks. And we have seen that, you know, the, some of those picks could have been beneficial. I don't know, in the secondary. I don't know, maybe bolstering your wide receivers. In the meantime, they've sort of got old. You know, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, Deshaun Jackson. Like, these are older players. Not that Jackson was on the team the whole time, but they got old. And then they tried this year to grab a whole bunch of young wide receivers and it didn't quite work. So they could have done that, but here's where things get even worse. And if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I know I have some folks, some Rat Packers who are Eagles fans, listen to this. The 2017 pick that they traded to the Browns ended up being the number 12 overall pick. That pick ultimately then, and your spidey senses might be tingling already, but this will do it. It then got traded to Houston. And if you recall, in 2017, the Houston Texans used the number 12 overall pick on Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not necessarily suggesting that if the Eagles kept that pick, then Watson would be in an Eagles jersey and all would be right with the world right now. But it is fascinating to think that you could have kept all those picks and you may have been in a position to take Deshaun Watson. Of course, any move has a ripple effect. So if you keep those picks, you don't trade those picks uh, or acquire the second pick from the Browns, okay, what happens to the league? And then maybe you're not in the position to take the number 12 overall pick. But regardless, it just shows you that at 12, you would have had an opportunity to get a, fan a franchise quarterback without having to make that crazy trade. So... I know, I'm rubbing salt in the wounds a little bit here. Uh, we did also hear from Sports Illustrated that basically nobody else was interested because the other team that was rumored was the Bears. Albert Breer over there at Sports Illustrated said the Bears never made an offer. 
So maybe they may have kicked the tires. I'm sure teams do their due diligence, especially teams who are in the market for a quarterback. But uh, they did not make an offer. The Colts did investigate elsewhere, too. They actually did uh, uh, talk to the Raiders, the Indy Star reporting this, about Derek Carr. And the Raiders said, no, he isn't available. So that's pretty interesting right there. So regardless of what happened, regardless of how we got here, we are here now. Carson Wentz is with the Colts. And as I said, I fully envision he is the starter. There's no competition here for him, and I don't think they bring in competition. So what does he get? He gets an interesting situation where obviously he has a pretty a pretty impressive offensive line that was his big problem this past year. He has... Some interesting talent, too. You know, one of the things that Carson Wentz kind of needs, and Alshon Jeffrey typified this, he needs a wide catch radius. Carson Wentz is not a pinpoint accuracy guy. So he does step in a situation where he has Michael Pittman, who is more of a you know wider catch radius type player. So you have some upside there. He also is, you know, we saw the Eagles try to prioritize this this year. He excels with downfield threats. Now, he couldn't find them when they were open this year, but that's sort of how you build around Carson Wentz. So in theory, you could have that with Paris Campbell if he can stay healthy. I do think it makes sense for this team to re-sign T.Y. Hilton if he'll go a little you know, team-friendly. But then you also have two tight ends, which we know is an area where uh, Wentz has had success in the past. You have a kind of catch-and-fall-down, but a reliable lunch-pail-type tight end in Jack Doyle. And you also have a more athletic red zone type presence in Mo Ali Cox. So that's intriguing. But I think the big difference maker for Wentz here, and maybe the guy who stands out the most from this entire deal, other than Jalen Hurts on the other side, and I'll get to him in a minute, is Jonathan Taylor. You have a really impressive young running back who is a major difference maker and a player of the caliber that you really didn't have with Wentz in Philly. Miles Sanders is a nice running back, but he is not the same type of player as Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a true workhorse. He is a one-cut workhorse who is explosive, though. He's not a typical just grind-out 3.9 yards and a, and a cloud of dust type player. He's, he's an explosive player. And you're going to pair him up with the mobility of Carson Wentz. And here's the interesting thing. Now, Carson Wentz is not at the extreme end of the spectrum of mobility like Kyler Murray. But he is mobile, and and I looked back at my draft comp for him. I, I think draft comps can be a little bit silly, to be honest, like you're trying to compare uh, a player with all kinds of, of uh, different uh, elements to their game to somebody else. But what I've done recently is I've moved more towards a spectrum of players, and yet this he is on the same spectrum of this player who I comped him to in the, in the draft. You know, when we go back to 2016, I had the comp as Andrew Luck. I think that's kind of fascinating, right? Now, I would say that Carson Wentz, at that time, I, I called him a poor man's Andrew Luck. But why I did that, you saw the ability as a passer at the college level. And let's not forget that Carson Wentz was basically an MVP candidate before getting hurt in 2017 when he flashed major upside with his arm. But he also has mobility. Now, he is not a run first or, you know, he's not a scramble first type quarterback. He is not as mobile, obviously, as Kyler or Lamar or Josh Allen, guys like that. But when I think about him, like Andrew Luck was pretty freaking athletic. Obviously, more of a traditional quarterback from a passing standpoint, but could move the chains with his legs if you asked him to. 
that's the type that spectrum is like the Aaron Rodgers type spectrum. If Aaron Rodgers is at the extreme high end premium, like, you know, Lamborghini of that type of player, Wentz is on that spectrum. Now he is far from a Lamborghini. You know, what do we call him? He's some kind of American car. Not to knock American cars, but you know, he's a guy, he's like a, how much do you pay for a Lamborghini? I don't freaking even know. It's got to be, it's a six figure car. Carson Wentz is like a you know thirty thousand a thirty thousand dollar car thirty five thousand dollar car, <laughs> maybe, maybe even less than that. I know some people might think less than that, but yeah, he's not a high end. He's definitely not a high end, but he has mobility. Even post injury, he does have some mobility. That's gonna help because Jonathan Taylor played with a quarterback who has absolutely no mobility, like negative mobility in Phillip Rivers last year. So that's going to help Jonathan Taylor. I'm excited for that. As far as Wentz is concerned, I am not over the moon on him for fantasy purposes. I would say he's in the two-quarterback league conversation, like Superflex conversation, but more of a back-end quarterback too. On the other side, though, Jalen Hurts becomes very interesting. Is this the move that tips their hand that Jalen Hurts is their guy all along, and that was the reason why Sirianni is brought in? I don't think we're quite there yet. In fact, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen said... It's likely hurts, but there is the intention of bringing competition. Now, could that competition be a veteran? Like, I don't know, get excited, Philly fans, Andy Dalton? Or is it Philly will lose their minds with this, by the way, that they bring in competition via the draft and in particular with the sixth overall pick? And to be even more particular, with the sixth overall pick, with another quarterback from North Dakota State University in Trey Lance. Now, Lance I, I, Lance is nothing like Wentz for me, but that comp, that is going to be the immediate comp that people make because they, go to, they went to the same college, right? Anyway, Philly will lose their minds <clears throat> if the Eagles draft a quarterback in the first round. They will, like... Actually, Philly will kind of cease to exist. Like, it'll be completely wiped off the map. And in fact, people will forgot, will forgotten. Like, it'll erase all memory of Philly existing if the Eagles trade up for a quarterback, like take Justin Fields. Philly will lose their minds. The Philly fan base will just. I, I have friends legitimately telling me, yeah, if they do that, if they draft a quarterback, I'm just going to go become a Buffalo Bills fan. Like, I don't know how the Bills became that team. I guess maybe it's fun to jump through tables. Like, I get that. <laughs> but anyway, could they draft a quarterback on day two like a Kyle Trask? Like, that that could be something, too. I don't know. But as of now, one has to assume that Hertz is in the driver's seat for this job. And what we saw with Hertz was impressive. Now, it's a small sample. It was four games. But we see that he has the potential to be one of the top running quarterbacks in the NFL right from the gate. He's not Lamar, but he would be in the mix to be the number two, like right there with a guy like Kyler in terms of rushing yards. He's not Kyler. Kyler's his like own beast. Like Kyler is, Kyler's like a sped up Steve Young. Like it, it's crazy, like watching him scramble. But anyway, with Hertz, that ability to run actually gives him an extremely high fantasy floor, believe it or not. And I know that we're going to, the tendency is going to be for people to say that there's volatility with Hertz. I actually think it might be the opposite. Like the volatility will be at the top end, like of his fantasy uh, production, his range. 
But at the bottom end, you're going to have a relatively high floor because this is a guy who can go out every week and give you 40 or 50 or 60 or, or heck, 100 rushing yards in any given week and score over the course of the season six, seven, eight rushing touchdowns. That's a lot of fantasy points right out off the bat. Not to mention, he does have some upside with his arm. We saw multiple 300-yard games, two of them, in fact. Who knows what he would have done in that last week if he wasn't benched, by the way, which was also weird in Week 17. So there's upside there. He's going to be... I mean, he's a definite top 15 candidate, and he's not going to be ranked as a top 15 guy when fantasy drafts roll around if he's the starter. He's going to end up being in the 15 to 20 range, which means he'll be a late round upside guy who I will be targeting like crazy. The one thing, though, that they do need to do, as I mentioned, they're old at wide out. Like Deshaun and Alshon are not the answer. And I don't think Jalen Rager, we, we we quite know what he, he is yet. Jalen Rager could be really good. I think he's more of a complimentary piece, though. So if you're Philly and you are not going the let's draft a quarterback in the first round route that's going to cause Philadelphia fans' heads to explode, then you almost have to use that pick, I would say, at wide receiver. It doesn't make sense to go offensive line there, at least as far as I'm concerned, because you have to completely remake that that wide receiver room, and you might as well start with a premium player, and there's going to be a premium player there. Now, is it Jamar Chase? I don't think so, but if it is, then I tell you what, dance a jig because you get you get an X receiver, and then you comp, then you have your complimentary receiver in Jalen Rager, your movable chess piece, sort of positionless wide receiver. That's a pretty good start. Now, if not, I don't think you bring in Waddle because I think there's maybe a little too much overlap or redundancy in Waddle and Rager. They're not exactly the same player, but there's a little redundancy there. I think you probably go Devonte Smith. But getting that in place now is interesting for Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, I think, actually helps the value of Miles Sanders, who we might be able to get a half of value here. So here's my 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 initial prognosis here. I think that we're looking at top 15 potential, if not top. He has top 10 upside, no doubt about it. He will not be drafted in that range. He will be, you know, very optimal late round upside guy. And if you have him like I do in a keeper league where I picked him up at the end of the year for nothing, two quarterback league, keeper league, you got to be really happy because the arrow is certainly pointing up for Jalen Hurts right now. We're not out of the woods. He's not guaranteed this spot just yet, but things look very good. Very good indeed. So there you go. A to Z, every angle of the Carson Wentz trade. Of course, we had instant analysis about this trade up over at ftnfantasy.com. So make sure you go check that out. And for all of your DFS needs, ftndaily.com, including projections for NASCAR. Oh, yeah, I dip into the NASCAR from yours truly over there at ftndaily.com and all of our betting picks over at ftnbets.com. I appreciate everybody still reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, just stop by Apple Podcasts. You can do so on an iPhone really easily. Open up the podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Scroll down to the bottom, click the stars, and that's it. That's all you have to do to review the show. It takes you two seconds, and it's worth a whole heck of a lot more than that to me, so I appreciate you there. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. 
Use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. I see you, Rat Pack. All right, I'll be back on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. Hopefully something crazy will happen that we can talk about on Monday. But I'll catch you then. Enjoy your weekend. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out of here. 